Love Joy, actually. <laughs> Welcome to Love Joy Actually, a podcast about Love Joy. I'm Paul. I'm Em. I'm Helen. <laughs> I don't know how to introduce myself properly, sorry. We're quite overexcited. We've had like a whole sip of what is it you're drinking? Oh, we put rose and rose and lemon gin, wasn't it? Some lemon. Gin yeah. with rose lemonade. Rose is very good for you, it's very soothing. I'm drinking passion fruit martini because it's got booze in it. That sounded like nothing. It, I didn't choose that one because it sounded like it might make me go mental. Is that called a porn star martini? That's what I would might, call that. Might, that might, might be what it is. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. And I've got ginger kombucha, so cheers everyone. Cheers. cheers. Right, do we have any other updates before we actually start? Oh, actual real updates. Yeah, business. No, no, it's my, well, it's my, well, it's not my birthday, it's almost my birthday. Yeah. It was your birthday, it happened, it was good. So happy birthday, Bob. Thank you. Happy birthday. Yay. Yeah, but again, this is like, you know... Though interestingly, this might coincide with my second birthday, because I am like the Queen, and yeah, I have two of two them. Birthdays. Because, uh, for reasons alluded to in another episode of this podcast, I'm adopted. I love so. the way you did that, so if anyone hears it without having heard the other one, they'll be like, which one? They'll go through all of them. Yeah. Very, very I know. good. Marketing, well marketing. <laughs> anyway. Just we can't remember which one. <laughs> so it was nice, and my lovely boss bought me cake, so... That's really nice. And I, really I, I just nice. think that's the sweetest thing ever. I normally work on my birthday, but I have to bring the cake. And yeah. say very loudly I, I and constantly, brought, it's my birthday. Everybody. I brought cake. I brought cake as well. And then there were two cakes. Anyway, well, uh, that's uh, my birthday. what's been going on with me. So, <laughs> shall we begin? Yes. So we're talking today about Series 4, Episode 5, which is Fly the Flag. Ooh. So, um, And it's so, by Douglas Watkinson of GNU fame. Oh. He did. Um, oh, well, that makes that sense. That makes sense. It, it does. Who dares sings? Yes. And it was very in that vein. This has got a similar feel. It does. Um, UK TV Play had um, branched out a little bit in their description. So normally it's like let's describe the series in the same way using like synonyms. This time it was a conundrum for the old devil of an antique dealer in the quirky drama series. So kind of introducing a bit of like mm, what flair. The, yeah. Um, they just fired somebody. It was just a new member of staff thinking, well, I'm not just going to like say what you see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use my somebody with a creative writing degree. And then they go on to describe the conundrum, which is not a conundrum. It wasn't really. What is an American flag from the War of Independence doing in the local church? I mean, that tells you what the story's about. So it's about yeah. there's an American flag, there's a church. But, I mean, it's fairly obvious why it's there from the beginning. So it's not really a conundrum. Um, so this one starts with a lovely church and a lovely bum, I've written. Brackets. Well, a lovely bum. I Rachel. Oh, Rachel had a lovely bum. Oh, Rachel, yes. Which, which really confused me, but I guess we'll come to it at the end. In fact, well, I mean, there was, I mean, the, the both bums were quite nice. There were two there was, right um, bums. Um, in the church, there is an architectural stonemason. Yes. I've written, opened with a stonemason singing folk songs. Oh, I'm yeah. glad we all said stonemason. I, I didn't stone write mason. down stonemason, but I, I put restoring stone the stone. I mean. yeah. And then I've written, beer <laughs> up scaffolding, and then I've written in capitals, health and safety. Yes. And then what, I, for the beer? Um, so, so, Rachel, so I think Ben, is it Ben, the stonemason? Is that his Bo. name? Bo. Bo. So the, that's right. Yeah. Because so there's the another mi- character mi- called Bo later on. Because do you know what episode? Is there's a, oh, and do you know what episode there's a character called Bo in? Do like you? California Game. You, uh, no, because it's not an episode. That's a book. Oh, uh, the one that we get mixed up with that one. Yeah. The yeah. Christmas special the series lost, five, the, the Lost, lost colony. colony. Oh, which is what obviously what I meant. Yeah. Go on, sorry, carry on. I just could, couldn't no. resist. So they started recycling. So Bo is like the stonemason in the church singing his folk songs. Rachel arrives. They have a they have a wee cheeky snog. Oh, I looked really. And nice. they actually. But I mean, a, a proper full-on snog. You know, they they actually damage the thing that he's trying to restore. They dislodge some stone. I mean, were they actually? Snow, they think they were going to shag in church. Yeah. Yeah, like totes. <laughs> but in, but then they, they damage this um, bit of stone, and then Rachel, who we don't we, obviously we know that Bo is the stone mason. We mm. don't know who Rachel is at this point. And she and like rather than because obviously most people, if you're about to have a shag, you wouldn't really care. Be like, well, let's carry on. Don't care about the stone. She's like, oh no, we must look at what the stone is. So at the time, you're like, why does she care? Yeah. But it becomes clear later on why she does care. But either way, maybe she's just, you know, particularly interested in church architecture. So things in she's holes only snogging in the, the the hot architecture so much to get closer to the. That's masonry. exactly <laughs> what it is. She wants to get closer to the stone. <laughs> I did say I was in a silly mood today. 
had a very odd weekend where we kept talking about carving and it was just really odd that this then happened anyway oh. so yeah so they doubt it's kind of like um you know a sort of picture like a church a plaque on a church wall that's like memorializing someone and there's like a, a carved head of like a cherub or something isn't there on the and that's what they dislodge and so he pulls out the head and they see something behind it now obviously i <laughs> i've just I'd... put she wanted to look in his secret passage <laughs> at least you didn't say he pulls out the head <laughs> It's exactly what How he else did. would you describe it? Yeah. Um, anyway. And obviously at this point, because I'd read the UK TV play Extremely Helpful Blurb, and I was like, oh, it'll be that'll be the flag. But obviously at this point, we don't know yeah. what it is. So they, you know, they, they just find something behind there. So that's that's the kind of setting the scene. And then we cut to Jane, and she's got some more of her stereo... Isn't she? She's buying a present for Daphne and Wilfred. Wilfred. And you go, of course you she's are, Jane. buying a present for Daphne someone. Daphne and Wilfred. Um, in the village of what was it, Great Butley or Great Buckling? Buckling, that's mm, it. I, yeah, yeah. And there's this brilliant shop, Kumar's, the grocers. It reminded me of an. I might know the shop. But there's, well, there's probably a few of them. There's a shop on Streatham High Road, which is basically very same, niche reference. Like, well, and <laughs> does anyone else think about the shop on Streatham High Road? <gasps> no, not every high road has one. I mean, of it has. I mean, basically, it's like, sells imagine the shop on your lo- shop on your lo- local high road that literally sells yeah everything, <laughs> any item that you need. That's just like groceries and bird boxes. Yeah, and, and like it's everything, everything else, just literally yeah. everything. Um, and Jane is like, it's a little bit, you know. Because she, she obviously knows Kumar while she's like, how's it going? And he's like, oh yeah. She's like, everything's pucker. Oh, he calls her Memsab, doesn't he? Yeah. Does he? he do, yeah, and it's a little a bit, bit of it was, was like, bit, oh, is this what? all a bit... It's a bit I weird. couldn't tell if this was the casual racism. Or was it meant really. to kind of tie into the colonial thing? Yeah, I think, yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was. The colonial colonial echoes, if you will. And we also had a kind of echo of the time that it's set, because basically I explained about this... Um, village of Great Buckling which like had this big oh, sort of yes. house price surge when all the yuppies moved in and then the sort of early 90s recession and the house oh, prices all dropped drop. all yeah. the yuppies moved out and so like it's been degentrified. yeah so it used to be some you know fancy whatever and now it's Kumar's the grocery no didn't it used to be an estate agent estate agent because he pronounced it weird he called yeah, it estate, estate agent you go, nobody puts the stress on the first letter of estate the estate, estate agent what are you I'm an estate agent it's um, like I'm a student advisor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lovejoy's telling us this while he's walking through the graveyard of the church because the church is going to be re-consecrated and he's also talking about all the Shotleys and all their gravestones because the Shotleys are like the village family and oh, that's yes. who Wilfred and Daphne are. I've yes, written, it... I love a good graveyard. What's your fave? Oh, I've just been to a brilliant one. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know you two, and I, knew. I love a good graveyard. I do love a good graveyard. I like, I like my local. I like West Norwood. West Norwood Cemetery is mm, it is good. It's probably my favourite because yeah. it's so near and it is also beautiful. And it is also amazing. It's one of the magnificent seven of London. See, I get amused that Highgate Cemetery has has uh, Karl Marx is buried there, and he has the most elaborate tomb of anybody else in the set. <laughs> yeah, and you just think this funny. Yeah. The irony yeah. is just yeah. That always amuses me. Mm-hmm. I like Pellachers as well. Yeah, oh, which I've not been good. to, but she I do want to go to. Yeah, I might go to. So your man, um, what's his name? Off, uh, I, given that I can't remember the name of him or the band, The Doors. Your man off The Doors. Oh, is Jim there. Morrison. Jim Morrison, there you go. I like, I mean, basically, Catholics do a good cemetery, don't they? Catholics. Oh, we oh, love a good cemetery. I love cemetery. a Catholic cemetery, because they, they really go for it with yeah. the, like, mausoleums. <laughs> and love like, a bit of death. Crypts and everything. We often have, like, pictures as well on the gravestones. Yeah, or certainly in Europe, like, you know, it's, and it's always the Italian cemeteries that have, you know... Yeah, it makes sense. I quite like that. It's like, why wouldn't you have a picture? And want to remember the person. Yeah, yeah. but it is quite oh. sweet. And they're always ter- all the women all look terrifying. It's always like, here lies, you know, Rosa Rossi, and there's just a picture of this <laughs> battle axe of her. Maybe a future be like a sort of like a touch screen oh, you can like scroll through oh, like, be... all the pictures of their life and like see their life you know and oh, see that their, would be cool. their family and special moments that they share I'm writing that into like my an world. iPad screen on oh, the, I kind uh... of want that on my grave please I mean it was a, a lovely graveyard it was Great a lovely village e, it were a lovely century. I wonder what it was actually filmed um, so yeah we get introduced to the Shotleys this is like it's a prominent local family so Wilson and Daphne <laughs> look at my notes it's Michael Horden Michael Horden I was very excited Paddington 
love Michael Horden. Oh, I love oh, Michael Horden. Yes. And so he was Wilfred, and Daphne was the witch from Simon and the Witch. Oh, it was. <laughs> she was. Now, that is Elizabeth Spriggs. Elizabeth Spriggs. I looked it up. That was a bizarre. That was a bizarre program. I loved. Oh, so. And I can't remember the, the theme tune. It had a really good theme tune. I did think if I mention it, I wonder. Skipping if, down I, the street at the yeah. end. Yeah, and they like the kick their heels. Yes. Oh, oh no, I can't believe I can't remember the theme tune. I thought you would definitely remember it. She was. I know. I mean, we're usually pretty good with the theme tunes. She was cool in that. But the only one I remember was that they had a, there was an awful kid in the class and they made her eat a sandwich with caterpillars in it. That's the only episode <laughs> I remember of Simon and Louis. Oh. I remember Joan Sims was in it and, and she I, was Joan the rich Sims. lady. Yes. The rich lady who lived in the manor. She always played characters like that, though, because she played <laughs> she played a really similar character in As Time Goes By. Because yes. she plays yes. his, uh, his like, stepmom or his mum, whatever. We haven't had a As Time Goes By reference. We haven't, <laughs> but I just love that you get those oh, references. You must remember but yes, anyway. Elizabeth Spriggs was the witch in Simon and the Witch from the early eighties, which in the, in my memory was a very old lady. But obviously she wasn't, and I looked at her, but she was only like fifty eight. So we got Wilfred Daphne, and then their nephew Christian Shotley. And so obviously, I mean, in typical Lovejoy style, surprise, surprise, Christian's dad James or Jimbo has died. Obviously, mm. someone always has to have died in love to oh, yeah. And also, equally, left mm. massive death duties. I don't know what always. was going on with the tax system in the early 90s, but I mean, like, no, no, basically, all these people were getting was... bankrupted. In by... the early 90s, I didn't think there was, because it was a conservative government, Who and knows? they were reducing stuff know. like that. But so, anyway. I mean, he's got, he owes 30,000. They, they do try and explain it, about, oh, because he owes lots of land or mm. something. It's like, they don't think of, like, selling a bit of the land. And no, he... no, no. Of course, they want their antique collection appraised <laughs> to see what they can flog. And he says, I've got to decide, he says it's basically solvent civilian versus penniless man of culture. I'm like, be a penniless man of culture? That sounds awesome. Yeah, much <laughs> cooler. Very hot. Anyway. So, yeah, so they're going to visit Wilfred and Daphne, and Christian, the nephew, has done some kind of deal with the tax man, which, I mean, is this a thing? Can you do this? I mean, Lovejoy did in the very first series, did a deal yes. with the tenacious tax lady. It That's involved true. lunch and a car. So so he's basically said to the taxman that he can have the table and chairs, is that right? Yeah, so you but have Lovejoy's the table and got chairs. to value them. Someone's got to value them and say, like, because they're worth, I mean, well, 30 grand they've got to be worth. Spoiler alert, they're not. Yeah, they're only worth about five, well, five grand each, and there's a table and some chairs. So it's still worth, I mean, it's not worth nothing. <laughs> and then Lovejoy says, if you give me 250 quid, I'll tell the tax man it's 30. And he says, wouldn't that be cheating? And Lovejoy says, it's a reshuffling of moral priorities. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this and about when it, when it is and isn't acceptable for him to lie. has quite a fluid moral code, doesn't he, Lovejoy? But actually, mm. he doesn't like the tax man. We know he doesn't like the tax man. And so it's like... Yeah, honesty is trumped by the need to screw over the tax man. Yeah. So so Christian's very concerned, obviously clearly a very moral man. He's like, we don't want to cheat the tax man. Wilfred is like, it is cheating, let's cheat. Yeah, <laughs> I loved him. We'll look oh, into him a bit great. more when he was ace. Um, and then we go to the pub. Bo comes to see Tinker and Eric in the pub and Eric is really unimpressed with Bo. I know, that was really Absolutely funny. Chortle, I thought it was very we funny. We got some good Eric. He didn't like that Bo was such a ladies' man yeah, and he couldn't understand what he was doing that was so sexy. Aww, Especially because Bo is ginger. So I mean, on. I didn't I, find Bo that attractive. Hot. No, he wasn't. He had a weird he had face. A, a weird, swaggering manner. He did, and I he didn't was, like He was very it. hot in like a very early 90s. He was, yes. bit, yeah, he was very I mean, hot. Did he have a ponytail? He had a ponytail. Yeah. He had that sort of. He just was hot. What the was with them? There was a big ponytail thing going on. Mm, yeah, we talked about that. Before, Tinker said to Eric, "Some of us have it, dear boy. You're good at darts." <laughs> oh, I love it. That was such a good. I'm terrible at darts. There were brilliant. Can lines I say in we this. had some brilliant Tinker in this? Yes, in the whole great. episode, it was just super. I played darts last night. In one, so in that there, London, we have these like trendy places where now where you go. And oh, play we were darts flight club. Yes. Um, I've never heard of this. Sometimes um, I play darts in Belmont Bowls Club. Well, exactly. I'm terrible at Honestly, darts. it's brilliant. It was brilliant fun, but I was absolutely terrible. So I don't know what my skill is. I'm not we a We went axe-throwing at Christmas. Oh, and my God. Our, we, our works do. We went yeah, axe-throwing. Someone was, else is doing that. It was ace. What so the hell? Brilliant. Someone else. Who is it? One of my friends. I can't remember now. Someone's invited me to go axe-throwing for their birthday. It's a lot of fun. I'm very oh, scared. Oh, God, no. Should I would I just accidentally throw the axe behind me and kill somebody I know. I know, they don't no, let I'm... people stand within a certain distance. Health and safety. It's been health and safety practically <laughs> out of existence. It's all right. 
axe throwing God. but yeah so the story about Bo being a ladies man that is like there's a there's a girl in the pub and Bo's like oh yeah that girl I met like she's sort of waving over at him and he's like oh yeah I met her earlier at the traffic lights like they, they were on amber <laughs> so he still managed like get her quick get her, you know but then she one. kind of she kind of kicks into the curve a bit doesn't she oh yeah because doesn't he like that's right and then he goes to chat to her but then he's like realise that he's actually overcome with love for Rachel the mm. who we saw him snogging earlier and so then he like and it's only at this point that I realised that Bo is Irish. Yeah. I was like, oh, hang on, because mm. he has a bit... I don't think and he's actually Irish. He's kind of Because his accent was a bit weird. Again, is that oh. why they had him singing folk songs? Oh, he's Irish. He's we'll Irish. Him, we'll have him up a ladder singing folk songs. <laughs> why do they get people to do accents that aren't their accent? I mean, like, so do you watch Peaky Blinders? Sometimes. Like, the Northern Irish detective, it, like, has the most terrible... North, like, oh, why no. Why do you just get someone Northern Irish? Northern oh. Irish is a really hard accent to do to as get well. Someone I'll, get tell right. to I'll tell you what else is awful. Get, what's his name, you know, um, off of the line of duty. Oh. Love him. Um, in Last Tango in Halifax, well, I can't remember the name of the actor who's incredibly famous. Derek Jacobi. Is it Derek Jacobi? Whoever I'm, the guy is in Last Tango in Halifax, he's trying to do a West Yorkshire accent. It's the worst thing I've ever oh, heard in my life. That's awful. Anyway. I don't get it. Like, if you can't do it, then don't anyway, do it. Don't do it. It's so as, as, as we were told by uh, Chris Jury, yes. who gave gave up <laughs> doing, doing a Suffolk accent. Um, Suffolk. So basically, Bo then obviously is talk, talking to Eric and because he's found this thing in, hidden behind this mm. where he pulled out the head. And then um, he offers Eric and Tink first refusal on what it is, and he brings this thing out. And Tink's like, "Oh yeah, it's an 18th century flag." So, as we expected. Um, then I've just written, Tink also has vertigo. Yeah. So this. Oh, is, this is the point. Sorry. Yeah. So Bo had taken I've, them to the church. That's to show right. Them the he, thing. Showed, he doesn't. That's right. So he says, "I want to show you something." You realise he was, doesn't bring it to the pub. They go. They're to a church. slightly. I was going to say wussy lot, and that's very mean. But do you remember because uh, Lovejoy had uh, claustrophobia? Yeah, when he was on the submarine. When he was on the submarine, and uh, and doesn't like boats, man. Um, and uh, yeah, he apparently has vertigo. And then I got very cross because I said he doesn't have vertigo. He's because somebody says he's got vertigo. Well, he says he says, he says, he says to Lovejoy, yeah. "I've got vertigo." It's a serious thing. No, you haven't. You're, you're afraid of heights because I have had vertigo, and it's basically when your inner ear is fucked. Ugh. He just it's looked down like and went, dizzy. "It's such a it's long way." Like dizziness, isn't it? Yeah. I will say, when I was taking antidepressants, I'm scared of, or I was scared of everything. And the only reason I knew that they were working is because I stopped being scared of animals and oh, of yeah, birds and of. <laughs> random people walking towards me and of noises but I am still exactly like Tinker with heights yeah. but only if I this is going to sound really weird not if I look down which I can just about do but if I like look up or look across yeah, and there's something weird. else that's high and then like my knees go and I'm like oh my god I can't move I can't breathe I can't move so to Tink kind of being on this rickety ladder thing in a church was making me feel quite sweaty and stressed anyway oh. and then when he was like oh, I'm stuck and then they call Lovejoy to come and rescue him and he was supposed to be going to see Christian Shotley wasn't he oh with the tax man Lovejoy was very clever the way he talked him down though. Yeah, it was and he was so sweet it was a bit like coaxing an animal to like you know get into his you know when you coax a cat into its like cat box by basically tricking it that's exactly what he did we found out i put historical information there's an implication I didn't say i'm right but that it, he does what he does because tinker discovered him somehow yeah he says and, and told him he had a gift he didn't believe it and it's that lovely oh, thing yeah, now yeah. about that Lovejoy, you know there's always those flickers of doubt those moments of doubt like he did when lady jane said oh it's basil and bond and he never quite trusts himself. And he says here, it was Tinker that convinced, he said, you convinced me that I had a gift. Aww, that was interesting. And amazing. then he's like, you they should come and look at these tables. And Tink's down the ladder and off. But it was, it was like... the Lovejoy origin story? <coughs> I, it, I need to see it. But it was a bit like waving a sausage in front of an animal to like <laughs> coax it into a box, wasn't it? He said, come and look at the old shiny things. Come and look at the old... There you go, he's down. And in the course of all this, somehow or other, we also find out that... The Shotleys fought in the American Revolution. Like, is the plaque commemorating that or something? There's some, we basically find out that the Shotleys fought in the American Revolution mm. and then there's this 18th century flag in the thing. So, I mean, so coming back to the conundrum, as UK TV play put it, about what is an American flag doing in this church? Like, we well, kind of figured it out. the prominent local family in. fought in that war <laughs> yeah. and probably brought it back with them. 
yeah. like pro- sort mystery of implied, solved. Really Tick. That's why it's in there. Um, so I was like, not really that weird, is it? So then we go back to uh, Daphne. <laughs> then you watch the first ten minutes UK TV play. <laughs> we go back to uh, Daphne and Wilfred. Did you? Go- so well, this is again, Tinker is so sweet. Did you guys, when you saw the toy soldiers, did you know they were going to be significant? Because m- me and my husband both went. That's going to be the thing that's I, worth stuff. I think so. It no, was a bit of a... I didn't think that. I mean, I'd seen it before, brain. so I'm not sure if it was me remembering watch, watching it when I was a kid. But I, you think that's going to be... Because it's the incidental thing that the slightly eccentric man is... You know, that yeah, would be Michael the thing Harden that's worth and something. Tinker. Well, good. what's his name? Wilfred and Tinker his are eyes playing lit with these up. I've written soldiers. childlike Tinker is adorable. The, reason, that, the reason they're playing with the soldiers, they're basically... The, the love to then goes over to Wolfram and Daphne he's in a tax man I put tax man valuer and you know the mm. person from you know in the revenue that's doing the valuing um, is there and Lovejoy is like talking up the table like because obviously they've decided to like you know, he'll say that it's worth more than it is but he's overdoing it a bit I think yeah he's like hamming it up like oh look at this this exquisite carving he's really overdoing it um, and the tax man basically is not convinced and actually does know what he's talking about and like examines does he like he sets set fire, fire to, to a, a bit, bit of it, it and then like can smell formaldehyde in the glue and then formaldehyde was only used in the 1960s or whatever so obviously it's not old and blah blah so the tax man's not convinced so they don't basically they can't do the deal that they wanted to do so so obviously Wilfred is very disappointed about this so Daphne encourages him to play with his toy soldiers That's to cheer him up very like, why don't you play with your soldiers, Wilfred? And Tink says, you're never too old to be young. Isn't that oh, nice? That you're is the most gorgeous phrase, because I feel really bloody old this week. Yeah. yeah, the lovely, like, um, marching grenadiers music in the oh, background. Yes. The music's always good in Lovejoy, actually. Mm. Um, back to the church, Eric and Bo take the flag out, but somehow Daphne gets hold of it, and then she's fighting Eric for it, and then... But Eric gets it because then Tinker is explaining what it actually is to them in a, in a new scene where in the background, Lovejoy's playing the piano. And I was like, is this when the CD came out? And they've just the got CD. to get him playing a piano Can in I, every episode. I think the CD came out in 93, didn't it? <laughs> well, I think and this, is 90, this was 93. Aired in 93. Mm. Yeah. So maybe it was a bit of like cross-selling, product placement on the BBC. Well, he was. He was playing The Shadow of Your Smile a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. He's on the CD. This was not on the CD. Uh, he was just yeah. kind of tinkling, wasn't he? Yeah, so that's right. So Eric and Burr are at the church and they take the flag out and they look at it and then Daphne sees it tries to get it off them and rushes home and says, the flag's been found. Guy must have hidden it in the church. So, like, obviously they knew that this flag existed, but they didn't know where it was. And because, obviously, they are the family that brought it yeah. back, they're like, it's our flag. Mm, yes. As a, the, that's when this whole, I suppose, which is the main storyline, really, is, like, whose flag is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to watch whose flag is it anyway. <laughs> it's like... It's amazing. You just hold flags up. Mm. Ah, Norway. Like, You'd be really good at that. I would, I would You'd be, be very good at it. You could get extra points for naming the capital of Seth. <laughs> you know, I, I would absolutely would. storm that. So basically everyone thinks that the flag is there. So we've got like, you know, um, Bo obviously because he found it. Um, the Shotleys, all of them because it, it's their family that they brought it back. And I think Christian Love wants Joy it. somehow because he's the one that can obviously, he wants a cut yeah. a commission. So basically everyone wants a cut from the sale of this flag and then Wilfred turns up and is very they're all sort of sat around looking at the flag going it's mine it's mine and Wilfred's like it's mine um, I've written then they decide they want the flag looked at by some Americans is what I've written mm. now I know not like general just any Americans I will say mm. in the scene where they're, where Tink's explaining what the flag is um, Bo says the best line I've ever heard because he's He's really flirting with Jane, but I thought he loved Rachel, so I don't really get that. I think he's just a ladies. I think the point is he's like such a ladies man. And he says he can't help himself from flirting with like any female, like anyone who wants past literally him. anyone. So he like can't help himself from flirting out like inappropriate things to Jane because says, she's female. He says, "I do fancy you, not as a player, oh, more as a spectator." Oh, it was so funny. Doesn't love to say something like just stop talking. He's like, just yeah, shut just up because he like says something. He's like, "Oh, no, I don't want to sound disrespectful, so I'm just like gonna row back from here." But that makes it worse. Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, sorry, I just had to get there because I enjoyed it so much. Then, a player, not that a was funny. No, and then right. Wilf and Tink have a little lovely little scene where they sort of, you know, Wilf's showing Tink all his toys oh, and yes. it's like all very cute. Did and then, you but cry? Then, well, but then I t- cried. I, I didn't cry. It was sinister. Sweet. Like Tinker sat on a rocking horse and it was just somehow a bit sinister. Oh, no. Rocking horses are quite scary. I think it's because rocking horses are sinister. Have you seen that film that I can't remember the name of? So here again, I'm going to have to cut something in. 
about it's, it's, about right, it's little... adorable when you cut stuff in. I like it. <laughs> it's, I about... Know, I know, something it's about a little boy who, when he rides the rocking horse, he can see who the winner of the race is going to be. So he makes bets. I'm describing this so badly. Wow. Anyway, I find it quite sinister. It's in black and white. The name of the film I'm trying to remember is, of course, The Rocking Horse Winner. Um, it's got John Mills in it. It's very good. It's from 1949. Um, and it's based on a short story by D.H. Lawrence. It's very good, but it's very sad as well. Um, a, l- a nice, cheerful children's story involving compulsive gambling. Yeah, <laughs> and he is, and it, but it's worth a watch. It is good. It's they often good. have it on um, talking pictures. Oh, and then know. Will tells Tinker a weird story about when they were children, and <laughs> his so he goes out into the field, and they see their pet. They go on their horses, and they see that this couple on their horses. So they, yeah, they take the rocking horse out, and then the that's people right. on horses on real horses trot by and go, yeah. "Oh, haven't they grown?" Yeah, and apparently it's their it's their mum and dad. It's like, I mean, was that meant to be like a real story that his genuinely he didn't recognise his own parents? Yeah, because he he basically so. says so he's really there sad. with his rocking horse, and these people come up and say, "Oh, haven't they grown?" And then go again. And he turns around to his nurse. Was yeah. it Rosie or something? And I was quite moved they? by this one. Said, it was "Who sad. are those people?" To his nurse, and she's like, "They're your parents, darling." And then he's like. Because he says to Tink, do you know what I'm going to say? And Tinker says, they were your parents, weren't they? And it's just like... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, which is obvious that he's going to say But I suppose, I get the point. I get the point about the distant parents. But clearly they sort of, some, you know, are around the same geographical vicinity. You think you see them... I get that they're not, like, but you hands-on parents. But you, yeah. you see them often enough that you would know who they are. I think maybe it tied into his... Please do hand me my psychotherapy degree on the way out. But I think it summed up why he was like trapped in childhood and yeah. he was such a big child. And it is sad though. Because, because he has all his toys and stuff. Tinker again is this sort of eccentric loner and you do get the feeling, you know, he probably went to boarding school and not and there's mm. anything necessarily wrong with boarding school, but I know people went to boarding school from age seven and like my, my yeah, I, I've got nieces sweet. and nephews who are Seven and they're so little, like they're, that's they're babies, yeah. you know. And yeah, that I imagine a seven-year-old that doesn't have like I can you know, imagine a, that. a carer, whether it's yeah, a pet or like a to, proper like, carer to cuddle them, them at night, and you know, <laughs> they fall over. Off again. So God. sad, but it was sad. It was sad. Um. So so then we go on to basically. So Eric. We have another character, and she's Eric goes off to see his aunt Sal, who I don't think we've met before. No, no. Why was I she northern? Her. She was. Why, why I no was she northern? Was northern. <laughs> Maybe she was not by marriage. Maybe she was. Got she... it. That explains. I feel better. Uh, about. Okay. Why are there so many northerners in Suffolk? Because <laughs> nobody could do the accent. No one could do the accent. She probably got sent the same cassette and was yeah. like, oh, no, I'll, just, "I'll just do all the Not worth it for three scenes. <laughs> no. Um, so basically, he gives, the reason he goes to the outside is he, she, for some reason she is considered to be the best person to look after this precious. I suppose because everyone's arguing over it, no one trusts mm. anyone, so they give it to someone. But obviously, someone who's very close to Eric. So anyway, not a, not that neutral. Um, and as they turn up to Aunt Sal's house to leave the flag there, the milkman is leaving. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So and then Lovejoy and Christian. Uh, basically decide have taken it on themselves to kind of look for more clues about the flag to find out more about this flag I mean and they find a painting now I haven't written where they find it they find a picture I got confused about this they find, they find a picture but they're looking for clues about this flag they know yeah. that they, they need to find out more about it just to see what it is and what it's worth and so they're interested in it we know Lovejoy likes to find this stuff out so they find a picture that's been painted over or it's just Grant, I don't know if it's actually been deliberately. Defaced, well, Lovejoy says it's been it's painted just... over, oh, okay. and Christian says no, it's the smoke from the fire. But okay. then when they put white yeah. spirit on it or whatever they do, yes, yeah, so they clean it up and they show the painting has the flag in it, the, the same flag. And General Gage is in this. Now, is he a real person from like? Oh, American? did any of us look it up? No, no. Research. The way that they talked about it, it seemed like it I was think a real General person. Gage was a real. The person. The main reason I didn't was I wasn't sure how you would spell it. Shall what? I look it up right now yeah, on put, the spot? Put Kurt, so, what was he? A Kurt, no. General. General Gage. General Gage. So they basically. I was, was going to say Industrial Revolution. No. American War of Independence. American Revolution. Yep, General Thomas Gage, British officer. Ah, yeah. so he was. So real. the flag is in this picture as, as being the standard of General Gage, who obviously, yeah, is a no, and Lovejoy is like, oh, yeah, of course he's this person that was in there. 
um, American War of Independence. And so they they then decide to go to an American Air Force base. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> which has which has which was stuffed completely by stereotypical Americans. It really <laughs> was. It was yeah um, because one of the officers there has like a sort of is really into the War of Independence. And has, or he's, he calls it the WI. Yeah, which is, which is very confusing. <laughs> um, and he has sort of like a museum to it, like but his own sort of little like tribute or whatever to the War of Independence. Um, I felt this was where the, the uh, not quite racial, I guess, the regional stereotyping or national mm. stereotyping came in with, uh, with these Americans. Well, at one point, Lovejoy does an American accent back at him, but it's not even very good. And I was like, well, he's definitely improved over the years, hasn't he, with his US yeah. accent? No, or hasn't. maybe it was Lovejoy that can't do a US accent, not Ian McShane. Oh, yes. Because he's playing a character, yes. it's not actually him. <laughs> I hate to, I know it's. Shush, Lovejoy's Testament don't to spoil his it. acting that you believe don't, entirely in the fourth don't, wall breaking. Don't spoil it. <laughs> so, they, so they show. This American, well, we don't know what rank is. It's a colonel, I think, isn't he? Yeah, Colonel Fellows. Colonel Fellows. So they show this American colonel the picture, and he recognises the flag. He's like, oh, yes, it's the Shotley Standard. Yeah. He doesn't say it in that voice. I can't do it in my head. Yes, it's the Shotley Standard. I think you'll find it. The Shotley Standard. And this is Guy. that was very good. Ah, very good. And this is Guy Shotley, who is the person who we already know, the ancestor that was in the war. And he's like, no, it's not General Gage's standard. It's Guy Shotley's. And then... He, the officer, yeah, Colonel Fellows, is like, oh yeah, no, this is so. This is my flag. Yeah, he's like, we we, we won. won the we so won give the us war. The, we need the flag. We should have captured it. Yeah, so like it's it spoils the war. It's my flag. So basically, he's another person now who thinks that the flag is and theirs. Then they have this somewhat superfluous argument about, which just reminded me of Jeremy Corbyn going, but we won the argument because <laughs> he just kept saying, well, you lost the Battle of Lexington. Oh well, I think you'll fight. Yeah, but we actually won the war. Yeah, but you lost the Battle of Lexington. <laughs> yeah, but that's immaterial because we won the war. Well, I think you'll find. And he called. Lovejoy Curley, yeah. which I didn't like. I didn't like that either. I don't Very know demeaning. why I didn't like it, but um, then it goes bonkers. Yeah, because then, so then Colonel Fellows has this argument about how it's really his flag, and he threatens to get his lawyer from Bungie, John <laughs> D. Parmenter. <laughs> they have the a case. brilliant comment, which is we give our kids proper middle names, not initials. <laughs> yeah. But they also, I used to have, um, I knew somebody. I won't tell you his actual name. But his, his middle name was. Uh, T, the letter T, a bit like Freddie T phone, but he was, he was, you know, he was called something like, you know, Jordan T Robertson the third. Whoa, as well. So, so there were three of these there were three of them, presumably all with the T. Jordan T Robinson the third. They do love a middle initial in the states, don't yeah. they? Yeah, love it. But it was just, it was an initial. He literally, they had given him an initial because I said, "What's the T like, short for?" And he like, said, "It's just T, like in T-shirt." Well, but I think it's, maybe it's so important in, in the states to have a middle initial, but sometimes the parents are like, "I can't think." Can't be bothered to think of it. Just use J. That's an actual name. J. That's true. Like Homer J Simpson. Because Jane, but J stands for something. It stands for J. Oh. That's really cute. Or M, that's an initial. Yeah. Although it's got it starts with an E. Or L, E L L E. Anyway, never mind. Sorry. Um, and then weirdly, so then they have this argument, and then like they leave, love to and her leave, and then basically they're out somewhere in a field or something, and then the <laughs> Colonel Fellows appears in his plane, which looks like a microlite. I mean, I yes. don't know what sort of plane it is, and basically tries to. Get to them. It's so childish. It was so weird. He's not injured them because he's not going to get close enough to the ground to actually hit them. Well, he's, it's like that bit in the thirty-nine steps, isn't it? But then they're shooting at him. Exactly. There's, no, mean, there's no. There's no. He's not going to shoot them. He's not. But also, how much budget did this program have? I mean. <laughs> So maybe, maybe one of the crew like had a micro line oh, and maybe. just lent it to him. What I did like the other comment I loved was because um, I do uh, culture shop workshops was when Lovejoy took the piss out of them by saying "Have a rotten day." Oh yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, I do yeah, a whole load that. of stuff where I say to my students, "It's impossible for a British person to wish someone a good day and not sound sarcastic." <laughs> like we can't go, "You have a great day." It just sounds like, "Yeah, you have a great day, you wanker." Americanly, you have a great day, have a great day, no, have a great day. They mean it. They're so they're so genuine. It's yeah, brilliant when Lovejoy says, have a rotten day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Um, so yes, everyone thinks the flag is theirs, basically, at this point. Now, literally every every character in the whole episode thinks that the flag belongs to them. And another American stereotype, they're going to sue over it. Yes, yes, of course. So Christian then feels like he's got to get his own lawyer, so Christian Shotley, who has also got a middle initial. And he's, Harvey... also, a, he's also a stereotype. Oh, my God. Another type. Harvey Q. Swainston. That's a good name. I think. I think name. this was the. Um, I hope Q's Quentin. It's Quentin, isn't it? Yeah, it, it has to be. 
I think this was the bit where there was a bit of lazy, what's it called? Stereotype. No, xenophobia. But then Lovejoy kind of calls it well, out at the end. He's meant to be. He's meant to be. No, he is meant to be anti-American. So he basically is like, oh yeah, all the Yanks really wanted to be British anyway. They're still sore about not being British. Yeah, we're going to get them. But I say, I think you'll find they're not. <laughs> yeah. But then to, to his credit, he does say, oh, like, let's try and keep it out of court and just like have a try and resolve it. Because this is, I think he's probably thinking this is stupid. Mm. Yeah. Like, this is a ridiculous discussion and then we and then we see <laughs> jane and then we see jane who we haven't seen for a while buying a bird box she buying goes back to kumar's of graces which sells everything including bird boxes obviously and then lovejoy looks at the bird box and goes oh, dun 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 look at these dovetail joints this bird box is too well made <laughs> for a bird box i like there's a scale of, of I mean, how good a bird box skill is a nicely made but i mean what's wrong with a nicely made bird box the bird the birds are rejected i'm not having that it's just that's too bourgeois hobby. wouldn't you make nice <laughs> yeah. you make it bird as a box hobby. is too bourgeois for me <laughs> bourgeois bird box that's if you're making it as a hobby you probably would make them quite fancy because you're doing it as a hobby and you want to try a different i thought it was a bit anyway so lovejoy was like oh this bird box Hmm. I recognise those beautiful joints and whatever. And yeah, he's like he suspects that Wilfred makes the bird boxes, and because they're made in a similar way to the table, the fake antique table, he's like, oh, he also made the table. I mean, it's a it's a bit of I have to say, even for Lovejoy and his diviness, it's stretch. a bit far fetched, isn't it? Yeah. Now at this point, my mind obviously started to wander, and I started googling things because I've just written Michael Horden was the voice of Badger in the nineteen eighty three version of The Wind in the Willows. Oh. It's all his work as Paddington. So he like he obviously graduated from a little bear to a big badger. Well, The Wind in the Willows. Have you ever seen it? It's an amazing version. It's got David Jason in it as yes! Toad. It's brilliant. That's a brilliant one, and actually. quite creepy as well mm. when they're in the wood when they're looking going to the badger's house. That is quite a good, creepy. That is a good oh, when he gets lost in the snow. Yeah, it's, it's really yes. creepy. That is a good version of when Anyway, so, then I then I did get a bit lost. I think I mean your mind probably started to wonder, Polly, because it got really it confused. Did. Well, there, I was did, a, yeah. there was a diorama. I actually wrote, "Don't follow." <laughs> I was like, "I don't get what's going on." There was like a diorama at this point talking all about, well, the war, the American thing. What is it? The War of Independence. I, wrote, I know I should know this. I'm obsessed with Hamilton at the moment. This is really interesting. I've written the Shotley's lost America. Yeah, but it was two hundred years ago, so I'm still yeah. bothered about it. Um, and then I've written, of course the soldiers are worth a bomb. So it's at this point we find out that those yeah. tin soldiers are worth loads. So, because obviously, so basically, Lovejoy goes to confront Wilf and he admits that he made the table. Mm. And then there's something about they flogged some furniture. I'm not sure what furniture. So that people wouldn't find out that their ancestor was responsible for losing America. He was ashamed. Why does that make sense? I don't know. But I'm, he was ashamed, but I didn't really are... understand why he would be ashamed. No. Because also Britain lost America. I, I, it all I could, it wasn't just, it wasn't just I think he felt as though they had a significant part in the loss of America. Mm. But I think if you read the history books, you'll find it was on not, not Job King at the time and all of all, all various other <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, lots of like socioeconomic. There was a lot. There was a lot going on. Factors. And... Socioeconomic reasons, indeed. So it was all very. But I was like a bit confused about why. What did that have to do with selling the furniture? I didn't, and I'd completely missed why would you, the bit. If about you like, oh, the I'm furniture. ashamed that my ancestor. Um, so I'm going to fake a table. So yeah, I mean, I was like, I don't understand the connection between those two things. Anyway, it was very confusing. But then, yeah, of course, then Lovejoy sees the, the toy soldiers while they're having this discussion. And it's like clearly, uh-huh. clearly there was something. Um, so then they go to Felsham Hall because they're being terribly British. I think they're trying to, to impress, like, the Americans. impress the Americans. It, yeah. It's a good setting, though, isn't it? I mean, even if even if you weren't just trying to be... I mean, it did look beautiful. It did, it always does. And it's pretty because like, the colonel, the American colonel, arrives at Felsham Hall by helicopter, of course. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. And the, it's um, that unnecessary showing off, isn't it? And Harvey Q. Swainston's come on the bus. <laughs> in, in a hat that makes him look as though he's in uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yes. And the American colonel says... RVQ sounds like something you grill steaks on. Oh, there was a yeah. I'll come to it in a minute. Did a George Foreman grill exist in those days? Was that no. a more recent innovation? Yeah. Um. So Tinker, for some reason, makes a map of the war on the table with some rocks. Yeah, which is very cute. But they like they do like the whole reenactment of the Battle of Lexington using rocks. And they do the they have a tea shit party. and the Boston Tea Party. Did you and get cotton wool? I've written. <laughs> Bizarre scene occurs where Tinker reenacts a civil war battle using toy soldiers and cotton wool. Did you hear the best line about tea? 
No, oh, no, no go on, remind me. I do, but like, I can't Somebody says, and I think it's probably Harvey Q. Swainston, although maybe it's Tinker because it does sound a bit Tinkish. It's something like, do you not recognise or realise about the close bond brooked between the British and their tea? And I was like, brooks bond, that's tea in it. That's a type of tea. I did not even notice Br- that. Oh, I was, I thought Very I was, good. I was like, if it had been a reference to Yorkshire tea, I'd have got it like that. <laughs> what was the name of the guy? Douglas, I was like, well done Douglas Watkinson. Well, I enjoyed that very much. He yes. is good. We really Excellent. enjoyed the uh, Douglas, uh, the last Douglas episode. The close bond brooks between an Englishman and his tea. That's what he that says. very clever. Yeah, so then so he reenacts the Boston Tea Party in the Battle of Lexington, which was won by Shotley, which is why part of the reason why they're like, well, it's our flag, mm. we won the battle. Mm. This um, is the point where the US guy says, there's more to the war than actual tea, you know. Like, it's really like... They must it was socio-economic they reasons. They must get <laughs> sick of it, though, because everyone has heard of the Boston Tea Party, even if they have no idea what it is. They just know some tea was... Thr- I bet no, but most people could not explain to you why that happened or what was the point of ditching a load of tea into mm. the, into the uh, mm. sea. And I think the reason that Tinker is doing this elaborate reenactment is basically to prove from their perspective that the, the flag does belong to the Shotleys because they did win this battle and then destroyed the American and Arsenal that the Americans had and so obviously that so basically they did do quite a which it which again makes less sense than why did they why did the family feel that Guy Shotley lost the yeah. war if he actually was instrumental in winning an important battle. Anyway, very, very confusing. So so basically that's no, no conclusion is made at this point in the in the legal um this legal kind of parlay that they're having. It's a, it's very bizarre. Well, at what point does it descend into just a fight? Oh, this is, cause they, oh, it's, when, it's when the, it's well, when Bo turns up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they so, go and get. Well, first of all, they go to get the flag. Yeah. Helen's just said you forgot the bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do it. Go back to Aunt Sal's and we learn that Sal is oh, short yes, for Salome, yes, yes, which yes. is brilliant. Yeah, Sal, Sal is short for Salome, which is excellent. And the milk one's leaving again. This is when she says, oh, it's not what it looks like. It's love. <laughs> and Aww. she's put the flag in the washing machine. Yeah, well, she's given it a wash because it, it's looking a bit grubby after 200 years. That is the sort of thing Eric would do. Yeah. It really is. So maybe they are related by blood. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's hanging out on the line. And then they're like, okay, never mind. They just take it anyway back to Felsham Hall. And then we go back to the discussion that they're having at Felsham Hall about who owns the flag. And... This part is like the uh, Americans' lawyer, John D. Parmenter. Is he meant to be American? Is he? Didn't... I don't think so. No, I think he's a British lawyer, isn't he? But although, yeah. Um... But yeah, so basically, Parmenter is then saying, "Well, yeah, okay, you know, you might have won that battle, but you lost the war. You lost all mm. subsequent battles." And then, and then Bo turns up. Bo Derrick. Bo Derrick. <laughs> That's so it. funny. We find out that his full name is Bo Derek Whitaker. Um, and then at that point, Palminter goes is like, "What? And What's he, he doing here?" <laughs> Bo has been boffing Rosemary, who was Boff with it. John D. Ivern. Such a good boffing. line. But basically, we learn yeah that Bo has basically been having it off with Rosemary, who's Palminter's wife. And, and who, she, who he actually, loves. they actually ran off together. But obviously, that's now it. And then Bo's kicked her to the curb because he's in love with. Rachel from the With beginning. Rachel. And then suddenly Rachel turns up. So th- at this point, I was like, wait, is that Rosemary? Because everything had descended into a massive punch-up. It was quite chaotic at this point. Um, so, yeah, everyone was fine. The reference RJ Fairbrother, who was all, who's the new vicar of Great Buckling, who we learned about earlier. Oh, he, yeah, this is where we... It was referenced by name, by Lovejoy earlier on. Reverend RJ Fairbrother, who proves that the flag belongs to the church because it's on the deeds of the mm. church and... So therefore, it is part of the church in this. Um, but we also learn that Reverend R.J. Fairbrother is Rachel. It's a lady maker. Rose love interest. At the time, at the time, this would have been really I was, interesting. I was genuinely it, surprised. Wasn't it 1992 when the first women actually got ordained? I thought you were going to say, wasn't it 1992 when the vicar of Dibley started? I mean, no, that was 1994, wasn't it? I'm sure that was 1994. Right, I'm going to look it up just to. Anyway, it was a lady. But yes, yeah, so at this exciting. point, it was still quite a, a new thing. So that's it wasn't expected. So basically, we find out that the vicar, vicar of Dibley, was 1994. I don't know why you two knew that off the top of your head. Well, I, know, I didn't know, but I just thought it would be around. But I think then. I think it was 92 <laughs> that the first female vicars got um, vicarised. Well, good for you, Reverend R.J. Fairbrother. Yeah. yeah. Well done. So basically, she she does that and then settles it all because she's actually got a legal document that says. It's the church's flag, mm. so sold you all. You don't, none of you own it. Stop arguing. 
But so they're like, okay, fine, Matt has settled. But they, we still obviously have the issue that the Shockleys need to pay the death duties of Jimbo. But, you know, we know that the toy soldiers are still worth something. So Lovejoy does a sort of private auction. Yeah. Like I, I did question, one. was it legal? Probably not. Mm. It's a sort of private auction and they sell them for like a lot of money. Yeah, enough to cover the enough death, to cover the death anyway. duties. So everyone's happy. Then they go to church where Eric won't sing Onward Christian Soldiers. Which is a very very good West Yorkshire hymn. We end with, so everyone's happy, all's well that ends well as usual, and we go to what I presume is like the re-consecration of the church Mm. ceremony. I thought you two might sing on with Christian Soldiers, but forget it. No, I don't don't really like it as a hymn now. We could sing another hymn. It's written for Yorkshire children, marching to school. What hymns do you like? Oh, I like Oh Jesus, I've Promised. Oh Jesus, I have promised. I like anything with a guitar. I'm Anglican, aren't I? You like anything with a guitar. I like a guitar, basically. I like, um... No, let's think, think of another old one. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Oh, there you go. That was beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. What was I? I can't think of the one that was fine. Um, so yeah, they're reconsecrating the church. But then at this point, I got really confused and then the episode just ended mm. because I think I hadn't grasped that RJ Fairbrother was Rachel because I'd still ah. got hung up on her being Rosemary from the fight. Ah, no, she and was Rachel. all the beautiful women look exactly the same to me. So Rachel, was having, <laughs> Rachel who's having it off with Bo was also the vicar. And then uh, she's... Presumably how they met. Yes. He comes to do the stone masonry at the church and she's like... Whoa. So she got off with him in the church. They were definitely going to share. They were so going to share. And then when she's giving her yeah. sermon, she like full on proper like winks at him. Oh, I from the pulpit that she was a curator, a, like a, is it a deacon. Because actually, I've looked it up. They didn't have. They still didn't actually have full women priests at this she's point. Still they had a dog collar on. The Reverend R.J. Fairbrother, but, cheeky buggers, but. Anglican, if it's an Anglican church, they didn't have female priests until 1994, which is why. Which <laughs> when is was why. this episode? Um, Early 1993. She could have been a, this is the thing, she could have been a curate, she could have been a, a trainee. Ooh, she must have been. Because that was when the first women were ordained, so there were women training at this time. <laughs> well, anyway, she was still a slapper. Sure, they shouldn't refer to her as um, reverend then, I'm very cross. No, I think, I think you, you're still... Uh... More importantly, should vicars be having sex in churches? Is that a thing that I didn't know about? I, I mean, haven't watched Fleabag, All of these fair. questions we can pose to the, the vicars, the, the Anglican vicars <laughs> that we know listen to this podcast. So if you could write, no yeah. pressure. <laughs> we'd love to. We'd love to understand more about this. Probably is that well, they, no, they knew g- that they were going to ordain them the following year, so they had to like train them or something. My I question guess. is, I don't. Well, they, my, were, they I, were training at the time. My yeah. question about the church, I don't want anybody I know to answer. I don't want to think about it. Shagging in a church. Oh, okay. The do, vicar. Yeah, I mean, do you have to answer that question? Yeah, would they shag in a church? <laughs> But they were so good. I mean, in Lovejoy world, they were gonna so gonna shag in the Lovejoy universe. They were definitely gonna shag in on some rickety scaffolding in the church. I mean, it was she could have died, and they were drinking beer. I mean, it was not an ideal setup. Oh, good advert for the Anglicans, though. What drinking beer? (laughs) Drinking beer up up some scaffolding. About to have about to shag the sexy. Get off with some sort of incorrigible flirt. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, they all and that was the end. Church, and then that's it. Church being reconsecrated. She's flirting with him from the pulpit. The end. So. I, I mean, I did really, really like it. I, I largely liked that the dialogue was so good. It, it always so well is. Written. Douglas Watkinson's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. we love we, Douglas We do. Watkinson. We really, really, really like these. Uh, and it was good. It was good. So, marks out ten. I, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. I was. I've written capital letters. You're looking. You're looking down for Helen's eyes. Just Michael Horden. Michael Horden was in it. There was a lady vicar. Yeah, it was fun. Are you joining great. me in my eight? I'm going to join you both in your eight. Boom. Is that the first yeah. time we've all agreed? I think that is the first time we've all agreed. Really? We ought wow. to make a list. It was quite easy to follow, I suppose. That helped. Yeah, I actually understood there it. Was, there were slight bits that kind of didn't make sense, but we forgave it for that. Yeah, I, didn't, I still don't get the bit about, like, why does selling your furniture make up for the fact that your ancestor lost America, which he didn't anyway? But, but, did, you, <laughs> but did you learn anything? Did you learn anything? Well, I learned a bit more. Well, I knew. I guess I, I probably didn't learn anything I didn't already know about the War of Independence. Oh, I think I learned that, that I was going to say we, as though, like, <laughs> several, you know, 100 years or however many, 200 years on, we're still... I learned that the British lost the Battle of Lexington, oh. which I was not aware of. Oh, no, of I thought that. we won it. 
Oh, sorry. Can, um, yeah, we <laughs> I haven't Actually learned anything. I have learned nothing at all. Sorry that the British won the Battle of Lexington, even though we lost the war. That's what I meant to say. Yes. I've learned nothing. I have learned nothing. <laughs> I, I learned that the witch in Simon and the Witch was only 58. Where, at what point? Um, I just when I she was in Simon and the Witch. When she was in Simon and the Witch. So then I went and looked so at... That is old to like a... Well, I thought old. probably she had lots of makeup on. And then I went and looked and I was like, no, she just didn't brush her hair. That's all you need to be a witch. Did you have an antique of the week? I mean, I like the rocking horse, even if it was a bit sinister. It was a very beautiful horse, very shiny. Uh, I... I liked the toy soldiers. I was going to say Because although they were like an antique and worth lots of money, they were also like a special... a special thing for Wilf that, you know, like you say, especially given his backstory and like... Playing with the soldiers was his kind of escape from life, and you know, he wouldn't let them sell it. They oh, sold for a fortune because it says there were 1892, they described them as a peerless collection. And I think when we left them, they were on like 30 grand or something mm. for these soldiers. I mean, I picked them for the reason, that really bizarre roundabout reason, which is that the Bronte sisters, who I've mentioned occasionally. <laughs> Um, they had a lot of their stories. The reason they started writing stories were was that their father had bought Bramwell some toy soldiers that they used to then play with, oh, and they wrote all I didn't these. Know that. When they wrote the, uh, I want to say Aragon, but it wasn't Aragon. They had a, a kingdom that they created, and they wrote about these toy soldiers. Oh, so that's there you go. Oh, so that, toy, oh, maybe soldiers, I toy soldiers. Like See, I've learned yeah. that. See, that's what I've learned. That was more interesting than anything I learned from the episode. <laughs> I think I learned that like. What was I learn? Mm. No, nothing. Good place to hide a flag is in <sniffs> a, a big hole. Big hole. I'll cut that out. <laughs> so that's so that's it. What do yeah, we want to? It was, to, good. Uh, it was good. We sound slightly dejected now. I'm not sure why. I've run out of all my energy. It was good. I know. It was just tiring. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a good episode. Tiring romp, liked that. It. We liked it. Um, but do follow us. Rate, review and subscribe. Uh, we're at Lovejoy Apod on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter. We haven't had any reviews for a while. If yes, you want to go on iTunes give us a review. lob us a review, that would be awesome. Um, even if it's not very good. Although um, I said that to one of my friends. I was like, oh, you know... We do the podcast, and you know, people really like it. It's so no one writes reviews, and they're like, "I'll write a review." And I was like, "Have you listened to it?" They were like, "Oh no!" But I was like, "No, no, no, no that's not the yeah, point." Listen to so, it. You need so, to I mean, listen obviously, to you're it. listening to this, listener. So I, it's no point me saying to you, "Don't write a review," because you are listening. <laughs> but don't sort of like think, "Oh, I'll just get all my friends to write one," even if they haven't listened, because you know, we only want want genuine feedback, not just for the numbers. No, so, no not just for the numbers, but yes. but partly for the numbers. And write us a review. Tell your friends about us. Tell Alexa, them tell Alexa to play us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you can also um, support us on support Patreon. patreon.com slash lovejoy actually. Yeah, and um, you can, if you don't want to commit yourself to $2 a month, I mean, who wouldn't so want to commit themselves to $2 a month for this well, inspiring exactly content? Well, exactly dazzling, but still, sparkling. Um, if you just want to give us a, a one-off donation so we can keep ourselves in off-brand porn star martinis, <laughs> then you can go to coffee dot com I think forward yeah. slash lovejoy actually but it's ko hyphen fi like Kofi Annan if you have a hyphen in the middle of his name which he doesn't so it's not really like that at all so yes it's more like that than anything else it is more like I mean on a scale of what it's like <laughs> um, and we'll give you a shout out because we'd be so pleased yes thank you very much. yes we will so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you soon goodbye bye 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 bye, bye, bye. Let's tell